Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to wherever you are in the world. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our latest episode of the podcast series. I hope you're enjoying it as much as we're enjoying making it. And I look forward to bringing more episodes over the coming weeks. This week, I'm very, very delighted to share with you a very recent conversation I had with Mike Anand. Mike is the Vice President and Global Head of Data Strategy, Management and Centralized Monitoring for GSK. Now, Mike and I have known each other a number of years, and it was a real pleasure to sit down with him and talk about his views on data management, where it's going, his work with the SCDM, which I think is a pivotal part of our industry, and a whole host of conversations in between. As usual with this type of presentation, I do just need to to share with you a short disclaimer, which is to remind you all that the following discussion reflects the views and opinions of Mike Anand himself and does not necessarily represent those of GSK. Now, with that being said, let me not pause you and delay you any longer. I'm delighted now to share with you the recording and hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you very much. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening to wherever you are in the world. Thank you for taking the time to join me and my very special guest today. We are here in sunny Boston, at least it's sunny at the moment, for the Viva R&D Summit. And that is affording me the opportunity to sit down with a very, very special individual. I've had the pleasure of knowing perhaps for about 10 or 12 years now, and that is Mayank Anand. Mayank is the Vice President of Data Strategy and Management at GSK. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your background, who you are, your role, and just generally introducing yourself? I'm based in Bangalore, India, so a lot of people get confused with me considering that I may be in the States and UK or Europe, but I'm based in Bangalore, India. I'm working from there for GSK. Um, I've been in the industry for 14 years now, and uh, it's, it's been a, it's an amazing journey, I will say. Uh, with GSK, I'm playing a role of a Vice President and Global Head for Data Strategy and Management, which is a new coined term for a joint data operations teams together. So it gives a better visibility into what we do from end-to-end clinical data point of view. I've joined GSK last year in January and last one year and 10 months have been a fantastic journey with GSK. And before that I had worked for BMS, Senios, TCS, Cognizant, Accenture, different roles, but all my life being a data manager. We share that. And in fact, it's interesting because if I invert my career, I started at Glaxo. So perhaps we're doing things in the opposite direction. I'll I'll let you decide which one's the better one. There we go. Given the role you're doing and given it's coming in two years at GSK, can I take you back a little bit in time and perhaps to share with the audience a little bit of your your own reflections about what was data management like when you started? And and then I'll ask you to perhaps describe the last two years at GSK in a a bit more detail as well. I think so. When we started, for many of us, data management was an accidental career and not a planned one. And I keep telling this to a lot of people during my interviews is that it took me more than six, seven years to convince my own parents that what I do. And especially in a third world country like India, where it was growing, it was just starting. Mm. We were more seen as a back office. Mm. So it was never a front career for anyone. People were still thinking what to do, what not to do after doing their masters in biotechnology. So for me, it was an accidental start, I will say. Someone said there's a very good job in Accenture. It's called clinical data management. Will you like to apply? And I said, okay, let's go for it. 
when I started, and I will be very, very honest with you, initial few days were confusing yeah. because I, I was a master's in biotech and in genetics, and I wanted to be in the wet labs, sitting yeah. behind the computers, looking into ECRF line by line, yeah. looking into Excel sheet. It was something that I was prepared or ready for. But as I started doing some more work and started gauging my own interest, there is not a single Monday when I'm not excited. And I was able to see what is going to be next 10 years in this industry, very clearly. When we started, data was always on the secondary seat. We were given the second seat in every meeting, conversation, strategy. Data was not the priority from that situation where we were. But I was very clear that one day data will have the front seat. And I think so that gave me a lot of confidence and courage to continue working in this field, building more and more what is going to be future. And then someday definitely the day will come. And I think so we're in the right time where data is on the priority seat. I think it has to be. I mean, like you, let's say 10 years ago, there was a lot of talk that uh, the world of data management is done. Risk-based monitoring will take it over. And, and I do think, and we'll come on to this later about your role in the SCDM, I think one of the things that I admire so much about you in that role is you've helped data managers find a voice. Because I think in the whole RBM decade, data managers shrunk and they allowed themselves to be in that back seat. And now I think the voice is coming forward. And I think there are some companies like GSK and others who are leading a vision of what that future should be. And I think it's through your work at the SCDM that that's starting to really come to life now for so many. But we'll come on to that because I want to talk about that at length. But you said best job in the world. Well, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> and I think I'd like to come back to that because do you, do you really think this is a good time to be a data manager? Yes, I think so. Uh, the last time, the best time for data manager was when EDC was coming in. Yep. Because there was so much of learning. The entire paradigm shifted the way we were operating our operating yep. models, our team delivery systems. Yep. This is again the same time, we're the same venture again. Yep. We are going to change the landscape of this industry. Yep. We will move away from many years of traditional data management, what we are doing to the future of data science. Now people can debate data science, business translators, data engineers, what it will look like. But for me in simple words, I'm at a time when in future I don't think so I'll be called as a data manager for sure. There'll be something else. What that name will be, yeah. each organization and industry will decide. But for me definitely it won't be data manager for future. And I think that is because until every medical condition is resolved, till every patient has a cure, we will always be meeting a new challenge. And I, I do agree that this is an exciting time to be a data manager because if data managers aren't driving the future of research today, I, I really worry for them because they need to be. Very much. Uh, I think so. There was a very interesting debate recently in one of the forums where they said that data managers are just looking into one aspect of the data from a simple validation perspective. And my argument to that was, antennas, they don't clean it. How a statistician or a clinical yeah. or a pharmacovigilance will look into it. So it all starts with that basic work, what yeah. you call as basics. 
for me that's the fundamental yeah. and the way our data managers have evolved in last 10 years i'm sure the kind of future they are going to bring to this industry will be remembered for years and you're right you cannot run away from data yeah. very clearly and uh, we will definitely talk about some volumes of data what you're talking about but i'm already seeing it who in this industry will clean terabytes of data yeah we i'm sure no one else will do that job yeah. so job is there there is opportunity there every organization is evolving making sure their pipelines are reaching to the number of patients and people mm-hmm. they're looking towards it billions and millions of people are waiting for us so it's a never ending story yeah. it's up to us how interesting we can make it and how we can get involved and engage throughout this journey so let me let me bring this close to home for a second because you're almost two years in to your time at GSK uh, i would say from an outward perspective you've overseen a pretty massive transition and transformation within confines of what you can share could you just describe some of that transformation for for our audience I think so I'm very lucky to be in GSK at the right time. Yeah. Uh with talking to my peers in the industry and a lot of other colleagues. It's very clear that what GSK is trying to do only very few organization in pharma at present are driving it. That is big transformations. Yeah. GSK's investments in making sure that we are future ready in terms of technology, our processes is very highly valued within the company outside the company okay. they also ensured that we don't go and create everything in house so they helped us to create some very good partnership ecosystem yeah. which helped us to bring a lot of this transformation with acceleration within our ecosystem okay. also what is interesting and which motivates me our ambitious for patient purpose it's so important every day we think about patients we are talking about vaccines and medicine reaching to people if you have would have heard mi and other leaders talking in different forums they all have been making one point very clear that we are ambitious for patient yeah. we'll do everything where patient is in center of everything so you want to change technology good you want to do bring new processes great but are you putting patient in the center of it if yeah. you're doing it i don't think so gsk is saying no to it they're saying go for it yeah. so for me that's the best part being a gsk at this point very good and in terms of the organization that you lead could you just describe that because i'm very very interested in how you we introduce you head of data strategy and management could I ask you just to explore that a little bit mm-hmm. for me yeah this is also one of the this this particular department nomenclature what is used at gsk was another exciting thing for me to look into it because if you see traditionally what has happened data management has been always siloed not brought under the larger umbrella of strategy more of a sub function to a sub functions in the past what gsk did was they said if they look into the clinical data from start till end and when they say start even before the generation yeah. protocol till making it submission ready which is the teams who work together mm. and all those teams they brought in together so within gsk in data strategy and management we have data acquisition team which acquires the data yeah. build the databases for you we have medical coding 
validation team. Then we have the core data management team who do your day-to-day -day study delivery work. We have centralized monitoring and data analytics team who is equally important. Yep. And this is such a smart move to bring these two, data management and centralized monitoring together because they go hand in hand. It's very important. Yep. And then last but not the least, the last gateway is SDTM delivery, where you create the packages and give it to biostats. Yep. And so, so thinking into all these different sub teams coming, bringing them together, they thought this is the right way to design this department, where you can design the strategy from start to end and yep. then deliver it. Yep. So I, I, I love that story. I love that strategy because I think it's, um, it's the future of what we're doing. As you and I have discussed, over the last 10 years, I think my aspiration for technology has been that it can actually catch the scientific drive and perhaps even leapfrog. I, I kind of have this vision that instead of data managers trying to realize a clinical protocol, it's actually a data manager going back saying, do you know there's a better way and we can do it today? I would like data managers to go back to patients effectively and say, there's a better research methodology. Do you think that's in keeping with the, the GSK strategy, with the data strategy and management group? Very much, and I think so. I, I will give the analogy which you believe in a yep. lot, Richard, is about Rubik cubes. Yep. It's so important. Uh, and I remember my initial conversation when I took over this function was that how we should design a strategy. Just look into our DSM, what we do, design strategy, run operationally and done. Or let's see what the impact of our enterprise mindset can be with this team. So one thing definitely within DSM we are driving is an enterprise mindset. Now you want to bring a tool within an ecosystem. What that tool will do? Who will be impacted? Will they have the same view of the tool what we are having? Or they see this as very differently? And if they have a very different end user requirements, do we understand that to meet it? Now, if you have seen traditionally in past what has happened that many a time we have designed strategies which are very much in line with what we do versus it getting in line with what others do. So going back to the Rubik Cube analogy is very clear. That when DSM looks into something, look into all our stakeholders, larger clinical operations, biostats, pharmacovigilance, clinical science, your monitoring organizations, your uh, scientific writing organization, that how my every strategy is going to impact yeah. all these roles. Yeah. And if I can take care of all these stakeholders, then what strategy we define becomes more inclusive, more acceptable, as well as the risk owning is together yeah. versus one function saying, I do it, I own it, I fall. Now we say we do it, yeah. we own it, if we succeed, we succeed together. If we fall, we fall together. But see, I think that's it's very elegant and it's very intelligent because one of the things where we we started developing this Rubik's cube analogy was very much this idea that you can only ever look at three sides unless you either pick it up or you physically move. We also, I think, started to introduce this idea of it's solving while playing Jeopardy at the same time because for every move you make, someone else makes a move. Do you find then that by bringing that group together, does it actually slow down clinical trial strategy and thinking, or do you think it actually accelerates some of that delivery as well? 
Thank you for that question because I was I did not cover that in my initial talk, but I wanted to cover specifically yeah. on this topic because there is a big assumption that if you create a broader stakeholder group, yeah. it just slows you down. Yeah. I think so. What is important if we are clear in our mind who is the decision maker and who are the enablers? Yeah. It will never slow you down. Problem in past has happened that when you create such a big group, there is no one who concludes as a decision maker. Then what happens? You keep debating, you keep talking about it, but you don't have results. Yeah. Versus within GSK, and for DSNM specifically, we do an, a larger cleanups also. When we design these strategies, you're very clear in this large pool of stakeholders and SMEs, who is the decision maker. Yeah. So if it's a single decision-making concept, but you have enablers who enable the decisions. Yeah. And that's why I said it's more than I, it's a we concept, which is helping to drive such a large engagement of stakeholder into an accelerated mode and not as a uh, slowdown. Yeah. Also, agile thinking, you know, is something which we are practicing very heavily within GSK. We believe that more than a concept, it's a mindset which we are trying to adopt. Yeah. And we are ready to fail faster yeah. than waiting for the end product. And this is what we have applied to different transformation activities we have done across the board. But my advice to everyone is very simple. Don't think to move the mountain in one day. If you try to do it, you will never be able to succeed. Try to move it bits and pieces, break it down, and make your journey a successful journey. So maybe those smart business planning, those smart risk-taking methodologies, framework in organization can help many other organizations to come on the same path what GSKs and some of the likes of GSKs are doing in the industry. I think that's another great point I like because you're coming back to this Rubik's Cube analogy. It's one move at a time. Is it the right move? Do we need to backtrack? But also continue it forward. It's not just saying, have I solved the problem I set out to solve? Have I inadvertently created another problem? Or maybe I've solved another problem I didn't know I was going to solve even better. <laughs> but Something you introduced me to, a phrase you introduced to me at the SCDM, kind of takes a step further, and that's the concept of total experience. Yeah. Would you mind just perhaps elaborating a little bit what total experience means to you, yeah. and how that's also guiding some of your decisions at GSK? Yeah, total experience is very important. Yeah. I think so, we, we talked in one of the panel discussion that, what if there's no total experience in the transformation you do? It will fail. Hmm. And total experience comes with multiple enablements. One is your actual transformation and change management, yep. communication, stakeholder management, and all these contributes to total experience. Now, total experience cannot be restricted within the organization. It has to go beyond because whatever we do, we impact patients, investigators, and if TX is not in the right way, you won't be able to succeed. So for me, total experience is helping me in designing my strategy. And as I said, when I design anything, most simplest strategy or the most complex strategy, I keep all my stakeholders in place and think from their lens what their experience is going to be with this product. Yeah. And not everything can be ready on day one. So what you need to do, a very good change management and communication. Yeah. You need to bring them on this journey yeah. for that right total experience. Otherwise, 
you may create something which can be a fantastic experience for you can be a nightmare for someone else yeah it's interesting so as i was thinking about today i heard a phrase that i've not used before and it's an extension of a phrase that i use a lot and so the the the, the phrase i've used a lot is don't let perfection be the enemy of the good but actually i heard a, a variation of that that i think i prefer and that is that don't let good be the obstacle to better and i think that's what i've kind of latched onto with your discussions about total experiences we i ha- in my world have something that's good but actually it's causing a problem elsewhere there is a better total experience out there but i might need to give up something and i think that's where i like the gsk strategy role of bringing everyone together because it's not a i have to give up and we gain it's now actually we all gain and we all do something different right. which i think is very powerful see we have this habit of um holding things very tightly mm-hmm. correct if you hold something very tight you are actually suffocating that person yep or that thing correct yeah you have a light touch it gives you a different experience it's the same analogy yeah. in day to day work we are so much driven by our own ways of working strategy thought process that many a time we create problems for ourselves also yeah and i'll give a simple example just imagine i create a tool and i say oh this is a fantastic tool for data management there is a medical community which is using they don't get any benefit out of it it will create a problem for the data management the group which you thought in the center of everything when you design but because you did not think about the other group you created problem for your own group where you were thinking to design something better so my thoughts are very clear that have a loose touch don't tie it too much even if you have to give away something give away it will create a better path for you and better life for your own people think about them yeah it will ease out for them yeah. so let me let me build off that and i want to just walk, step away from the gsk piece for a second because something i know it's very dear to you um and something i've looked to invest heavily in as well as the scdm work and i think you've just as the standing chair of scdm you've just come out of the biggest conference they've ever done i think you're about to step into in december the largest scdm india event probably yeah. ever run yeah the event in europe was yeah. hugely successful as well yes. um why is the scdm so important to you and i guess to add to that i see in you someone who takes it very personally not just a, a badge or a job it's something very personal to you perhaps i could ask you to just explore that for me for a second uh, i think so scdm is a is very close to heart frankly yeah. speaking whenever i step into an scdm event even before i was a chair or yeah. a, any title behind my name for scdm i always felt that i'm going to a place where i will learn today also in every conference i will pick up my best 5 to 7 sessions which i will definitely attend and that gives me vision for future that drives me what i want to design for future and that gives me passion and end of the day even if i take 10 percent learning from an event any conference mm-hmm. webinar education sessions 
it's learning correct yeah. so yeah. it's getting added to my kitty of learning so for me because of learning it gives me that passion and the second thing i feel that i have a voice now even if i am not a chairperson if i am not a board of trustee i still as a member of a cdm i have a voice mm. for the industry yeah. i can write a blog i can write a position paper i can write a article and it will reach to thousands and thousands mm. of people in this yeah. industry yeah. i don't think so there is anything equal to that for our industry at least yeah. there are similar bodies in different industry which yeah. support them advocate about yeah. advocacies there but for data management i think so scdm is that one body where i feel that i have a voice and not a local voice yeah. i have a global voice so and I, and i always quote this a boy from a small town in yep. india comes where people have not even heard scdm today also yeah. but when i can be heard in that body anyone can be heard yeah. and i think so that that push me towards it that man come on there is more to be done yeah. my chairperson tenure will end this year next year i'm going to be passed but i'll continue whether i'm on the board i'm not on the board yeah. i will continue striving for scdm because i feel that till the time industry is there scdm is our voice yeah. we can always come together have a conversation debate about it and then align on it now in one of my previous questions you've talked about planning your attendance and some takeaways so let me come back to that what were your big takeaways from the scdm this year aiml was the buzzword yep. you would have heard about it so definitely i'm i'm very excited about it i myself personally who is pursuing his own doctorate in aiml feels that oh this is the future i'm investing in the right place for myself yep. as an individual yep. but as a leader when i see i'm so excited that AIML is no more a buzzword it's a reality 3 years back people were saying that okay this is one of the buzzwords we are talking about but today it's a reality we saw some case studies within gsk i have seen some of them going on so for me this is like dream coming true yep so aiml was one of the big things which i take away the other was people also debate about ethical ai which is important because sometimes machines can bring unintentional bias and how you want to yeah. overcome that i think so regulators brought a lot of good points that how they are dealing with this innovation how they are getting aligned with these innovation yeah. and then one of the most exciting one was how you design your organization of a data scientist for future yeah. Yeah. i think so all the three four <coughs> leaders on that panel are the ones i look towards they are all are great leaders who are talking about the right thing at the right time yeah. so how industry is now seeing that how i will operationalize these within our organization and for me these are the big things for us from for this year event and then obviously the position paper we have done for through jscdm is good to have the right guidance for the industry that how you evolve into a data science organization those are my quick takeaways i would like to ask you my final question which i give to everyone uh it's the impossible situation but let's go for it anyway if i could hand you a magic wand and if there were two things that you that cause you frustration today that you could just submit to room 101 never to be repeated never to have to be done again and if i could also give you that same magic wand and you could create two things two things you can't do today that you wish you could what would they be 
Two things, sir. That's uh, that's. Uh, I have a big wish list, by the way. That's sure. <laughs> but I will stick to two. One is definitely changing the old infrastructure in one go, which I cannot do. Yep. I have to go, and I have to live with some of those limitations for years because yep. it has its own challenges. Correct. So, yep. making a new house is much simpler than renovating an old one. Yep. So that's one thing. So infrastructure, old infrastructure, if I can get rid of that in one go, will be a big win. Mm -hmm. But that's a wish list. Second thing is, I don't want people to be afraid of losing jobs. Mm -hmm. It will never happen. Yeah. I think so. today, still people are very worried about their own jobs, yeah. thinking that machine is coming, AI is coming, and they may lose their job. Mm -hmm. If I have a wish list and a magic one, I'll say, don't worry about it. Yeah. There is no risk on your job. You will have a job, maybe a better job than what you're yep. doing today. Yep. So those two things I would like to change. What I'd like to bring, maybe more startups in our space, which we don't yep. have it. Yep. We have good number of startups, but not that great. I know people want to invest more into fintech, energy, infrastructure, supply chain. I will be happy to see when I have a similar kind of startup competition within our group where people look into clinical data or life science data together and design more very futuristic startups. Yep. Maybe that is one wish list. And the other is, I want to create a forum someday or the other where the data democratization can be done. Yep. Now, this is something way beyond my own limits and yep. my authorities, but this is something which we should look as an industry if we can do something, will be great. I don't know how we will do it, but something which I look towards future. I have to say, it's been an immense pleasure. And I do want to say thank you for joining us today. I would also like to invite you to have the final word, which I don't give you very often. But in this case, I would really like to give you the final word to share anything else with our audience. I will say, guys, that stay motivated. Strive for the best. And a lot of uh, new joiners come to me and say they are bored on a Monday morning. Please don't get bored on a Monday morning. Because if you're excited on a Monday morning, it will make sure that you'll bring the change. Um, I'm an example of it who believed in it. Richard is one. There are many leaders who have done this over the years. The reason they all were able to do something better than what their previous ones were doing because they thought Mondays are exciting for them. So keep, keep going for it. Stay motivated and keep the patient in center of everything what you do. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And thank you very much to everyone who's joined us today. I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Namaste. Hi there, Richard Young here again. I really hope you enjoyed that discussion. It was really, really interesting to listen to all of Mike's views, all of his opinions, and really get some real good insights into the way he's thinking about shaping the industry over the next few years. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do join us for future episodes. Please do go ahead and subscribe and download them from wherever you normally get your podcasts from. I look forward to sharing more interviews with you over the coming weeks and look forward to catching you very soon. Thank you very much.